Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. To the FemiPod. This is episode number 10 and today Esther and I are having a conversation all about challenges, facing challenges and also about mentally preparing for a race. We are now only a week out for Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival and we're chatting around how to prepare in the week leading up to race day. So before we get started, Esther, how are you and how's training and how's the last week been? Uh, the last week has been pretty good, thanks Liz. I I actually had a bit of a down week last week, uh, so I wasn't running as much, uh, which was nice, and I feel refreshed this week, but I also am in the follicular phase, so I feel awesome, and I recover really fast, which is nice. Uh, It's quite funny seeing the actual effect every month, Um, but it is, yeah, I'm feeling really a lot better. I've got a 3K time trial next Wednesday, so the group that I train with is doing a 3K time trial, which will be really cool. We're getting a group of paces and stuff uh, to uh, take different paces through the 3K. So yeah, we'll see how that goes. And then a week after that, I've got first proper race in a long time. So I've got the it's called the P Naughty Mile, the Invitational Mile. So P Naughty is Palmerston North, which is a place in New Zealand. So we're all traveling there for the race uh, and it's a mile on the road, which will be really fun. And then, yeah, apart from that, body's feeling pretty good at this moment. Just obviously ongoing, managing little niggles and that sort of thing, but nothing serious, which is good. But I know that you have had a little bit of an injury and I know how hard it is. So how are you feeling, Lids, and how's your week of training been? Yeah, um, it has been an interesting week. I think I was definitely ready for this week to be like much more of a taper week and get ready to run the marathon next weekend. And I think I'd say most people know now that I have been facing an injury um, and it's something that hasn't come from overtraining or um, under recovering as such. It was just a really unfortunate event that happened to me last week and I was out running where I actually tripped on one of my training partner's feet when we were um, running around Melbourne City. And unfortunately, I have had a bit of a niggly hamstring tendon for the last few years that I've been managing through strength training and recovery and physio work. But um, with this trip, I unfortunately just overextended my hemi and my hemi tendon and it just flared up immediately. And because of that, um, I have had to take the last week off running. I have been out for a couple of jogs, but it is quite painful. So I'm trying to be really smart and patient to allow the inflammation and the tendon to come down. And yeah, I've just kind of been working mentally through what the future is going to look like in terms of the next week or so and leading into the race. And I've obviously missed quite a bit of, you know, really important training leading into the race and some really key sessions. So I think I'm coming to terms with the fact that I probably won't be having the race that I initially intended to have. But at this stage, I'm, you know, trying to hold everything together and keeping my fingers crossed that I can get to that start line and still get out there and run, even if it is for fun and just to be able to be there for everybody else and cheer everyone else along. So 
I've spent a lot of time at the gym in the last week. Um, I've been lifting, which I'm very grateful that I can do that and it feels fine to do so. So I've been lifting some heavy weights, jumping on the bike and getting in the ice bath as much as I can. So it's been a different kind of week for me. I definitely miss running. I'm sure anybody out there who has faced an injury before or is facing one right now can definitely understand how tough it can be when you are so used to doing something and love doing something and that being taken away from you. It can, it can be quite tough to come to terms with, but understanding that, you know, that there is um, there will be a light at the end of the tunnel and just working through it day by day is really important for me at this moment. So I guess off the back of that, we definitely want to jump into challenges and, you know, it's, it's probably been my um, focus or my theme of the week is all about facing challenges. So I thought it would be really appropriate to chat through challenges and how we face challenges and how we try to overcome those challenges from both a mental and physical perspective. So yes, let's chat through this year. It's obviously been a really tough year for everybody. And I would say a tough two years for everybody with the situation of COVID, global pandemics, everything shutting down and everything being cancelled or postponed. How have you found it? Like, I know you're in lockdown at the moment in Auckland. How's everything over there? Yeah, we're still in lockdown. We're in level three of this weird like traffic light system thing which I don't really understand. And I've sort of checked out to be fair, like I'm still doing all the things that are required of me wearing a mask and checking in and that sort of thing. But I've stopped looking at numbers and I've stopped kind of watching the, all the announcements because I think it adds to uh, the anxiety of it all. Yeah. So I'm just trying to stay uh, as far as, as far removed as possible while still doing, yeah, what's required of me to be a good citizen and, and be a fair citizen in Auckland but been in lockdown I think it might be like 14 weeks or something so it's quite a long time and I think the first probably 10 weeks of it was was really hard because it was level four and it was very intense and uh, you couldn't see anyone except for who was in your house you couldn't run with anyone it's it's been hard being so isolated I think but again I'm lucky to have like a support person with me you know I think people that potentially live alone or um, don't have family where they are that's probably where it can be really really tough but I think what we're realizing is that it affects us all in different ways but it's also there's no shame in the fact that we've all been negatively affected by it you know I sometimes I just randomly cry in a day and I don't really know why but it's because I haven't really seen anyone for so long and I think we all like crave that social connection and also being you know where you are that's overseas was was hard when we were in Sydney I, we couldn't come home to Auckland because the borders were closed so I think that was really hard not being able to see family and I know you know some of my friends haven't seen their family for up to two and a half years now which I think you know I just can't imagine that's so hard so yeah that's COVID's been hard races being interrupted all the time has been annoying <laughs> but how are you dealing with that I know you're in Melbourne where it's it's been crazy but you're finally a little bit freer at the moment yeah, I think the challenges over the last couple of years have definitely changed throughout that time. I think initially when we were locked down, it was almost an exciting time because it was something that we'd never you know, faced in our lives before. So it was kind of like, oh, what is this all about? And like, how are we, how are we going to deal with this? And, you know, seeing things being shut down and almost like being forced to 
give yourself some space and some time just for yourself was actually kind of nice to be honest I think it was good to kind of like switch off initially thinking that it was going to last maybe two or three weeks and not two or three years so that kind of progressed I guess quite quickly from being you know this is a nice time to disconnect and have some time to myself to then being like what is happening with the world and how long is this going to last and we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel and then yeah definitely feeling alone and disconnected from your loved ones um, and not even having the option to to get home has been really tough I have fortunately been able to go home a couple of times in the last year or so but have been um, been put through the, the managed isolation quarantine system which and that in itself was really tough but um, I think from like a running perspective not having races has been really difficult I think not having those goals um, where you know it's set in stone that you have that race and that you're going to work towards it has been really challenging and I think when we were in a position to feel really confident that the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival was going to go ahead um, that's probably when I really like got super excited that something was going to actually happen for us after two years of not running and not racing a, a marathon um finally the time was here so throughout that time not having races has definitely taught me you know trying to look for the silver linings and the trying to be optimist I think is really important and I understand like not having a race has really allowed me to open my mind up to like finding that internal motivation that maybe I didn't know I had before and I knew I always ran for my mental health because of the way it makes me feel. But I think this just definitely solidified that for me. But also seeing so many other people getting getting into running has been such a highlight. I actually just got off a call with a good friend who I just would have never um, imagined he would be really excited to run and want to start training for races. And I think definitely being in COVID and being locked down and having, you know, running as one of the only options that we can do to exercise has definitely pushed a lot more people into our sport, which is so, so positive and has been a huge highlight of the last couple of years for me to see so many people coming into the running space and so many running crews starting up in these little communities, whether they're running together or, you know, virtually, it's been awesome to see our sport grow in that regard. So that's, that's been really cool. But when we think about challenges and mental and physical challenges, yes, how have you kind of like coped with the mental challenges, I guess, of, you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, we have been in this weird situation for quite a long time, but I also know you've got a bit of family stuff going on. How do you manage those mental challenges and try to keep the, your head above the water? I think for me, like what I said before with the world and the COVID stuff, like staying away from the news, it sounds weird, but it's actually like really helped me not be so anxious because I am like such an empathetic person and when I read or see something sad happening around the world like I don't want to bury my head in the sand but it also like just screws with me like I can't handle it um and I think for me taking a step back from from watching the news every day and and I guess checking in on that sort of things really helped um with my mental health like around anxiety as well you know I have I've had bouts of like full-blown anxiety in my life um so that was pretty bad before I left Sydney and I think it just got overwhelming where I wasn't sleeping so I probably had about two weeks where I would lay in bed awake till 4am or 7am and then I'd just attempt to run the next day be an absolute joke and I think what got me through that time was 
getting things organized because this these all sound simple but it actually helps so much because I was so anxious about everything that was going on and we had to move home and I was trying to support Byron and he was really anxious about the results because writing everything down that I have to get done and like making a plan and then also being really open with Byron and speaking more openly I think really helped both of us uh, to get through that time. This year has been a real struggle and being there for someone like a support person is like an honor but it also is a challenge for yourself like I feel like I'm quite emotionally drained uh, quite a lot of the time and I think we talked about this last week with you know being coaches because you want to give so much to your athletes as well it's really about taking time out and and both you and I Liz you know we're doing a lot of work with Femi and we've got a lot in the pipeline and I think we're lucky we have such an open relationship where we can really talk about those things and support each other when we've got busier or stressful times. So I think, yeah, for me, it was probably the way I got through the most stressful times has been reaching out to people I love and getting their support. And then also like making plans and like getting stuff ticked off, I think helps just take that weight off my shoulders and then also writing things down so like yeah what I've got planned for the next day and then also like Byron and I go through what we're grateful for every night which I think really helps ground us and basically you know when you're when you are real stressed and anxious having that moment just to be like oh you know what all these good things happened today that maybe you forgot about because they were drowned and all these other things so I think that's really helped but yeah those are probably my coping mechanisms there that helped me get through this year but if you're listening and and you wanted to know Byron is good his dad is good and the kidney so far is successful so we're very excited and hopefully it's going to keep being good result yeah that's such great news what about you Lids I know you've had some some real big challenges this year with family on top of like obviously all your races being cancelled and everything used to help you overcome these challenges or have helped you this year yeah I would have to say that 2021 has definitely been the hardest year of my life I think you know at the start of the year I actually spent the first four weeks of this year traveling around New Zealand in a van and I had such an amazing time disconnecting from reality and just doing what I loved and being out in nature and I think that was like such an amazing start to 2021 and then coming back to Australia, everything kind of really it just started to unravel for me. I think um, I, yeah, I definitely went through some issues with um, my relationship. And then from there, I found out that my dad was actually diagnosed with cancer in April this year. So, um, but you kind of just never really think about it happening to someone um, that's so close to you um, until it really happens. And I think when I I never will forget the night that I got the phone call from my dad telling me that they'd found a tumor in his brain and, and this whirlwind of emotions of being almost like um, stepping away from reality and stepping out and having almost having an out of body experience about like, how is this actually happening, you know, and for anyone that has lost or had someone in their family who, who has suffered from cancer um yeah, it's, it's a tough time and it's one of those things you don't really know how you're going to act or how you're going to feel until it truly happens to you. So this is definitely not a, a sob story. I think um, I think it's just really important that we are open with our emotions and vulnerable with how we feel. And I think that challenge for me where I had to make some pretty um, quick decisions about my life at the time 
and heading back to New Zealand and getting put into MIQ and being alone. Although it was so tough, it really taught me a lot about myself and probably showed me how mentally strong I can be. And I think, although it felt like my world was falling down around me, I I definitely fell back to gratitude, just like you were speaking about, Esther. Like, I think you really have to focus on things in your life that are going well and realize that there are so many good things that are happening and having the love and support around you and feeling that from people just is such a game changer. And I think by showing and feeling and thinking through what I am grateful for definitely helped me get through that really tough time, especially when I was alone, stuck in a hotel room with pretty much just me, my thoughts and and a cycling machine. <laughs> Thank goodness for that though, eh? <laughs> you would have gone for that. <laughs> it, was a, it was a really um, crucial time in my life, I think. And uh, I, I remember saying to someone, I think I said it recently on the podcast last week with Kat, like, I don't know, I don't like the saying everything happens for a reason because there are some terrible things that happen in the world. But I do think if we can find the silver linings and try to be optimistic in really tough situations, it can help for sure. So yeah, thankfully my dad is doing really well and I was able to spend a lot of time with him when I was back home in New Zealand and um, he's going through treatment, which is awesome. And, and he is doing really well, which again, I'm super grateful for. And I think um, in a running perspective and spending the last couple of years without races and then working towards the Nike Melbourne Marathon, I was super excited for this race. And the fact that, you know, in the last few days, have I come to realize that I'm not going to be able to race this marathon definitely not the way I thought or hoped I was going to that time that I went through with finding out about dad and being alone that strength that I gained from that is definitely helping me now and I think understanding that there are a lot of good things such as for me (laughs) happening in my life right now and my results and my races and my placings I know now I'm at an age and I've been through the experiences to understand that that doesn't define me and and people who love me don't expect me to go out there and have to race this race, even, you know, if I was feeling good. I know there's there's no expectation from those that love me, um, which is amazing. And I think now, you know, knowing that I'm not going to get out there and race, it's not going to change me or who I am as a person or my role at Femi or anything like that. I think just knowing that I gave it all I could to the journey and I, I've taken so much from that training journey, that that long two-year training journey. Um, I have, you know, those benefits and those gains that I've got from that training journey are not going anywhere. And I would 100% take the training journey over the race at any point. So I'm glad that I did the training and I'm excited to get out to the race and support other people. And I think that's where I get the most happiness from anyway. So I'm very grateful that I can do that. But yeah, I think being grateful and and I actually use the five minute journal if anybody wants any hot tips of how you can start um, using gratitude in your life. The five minute journal is amazing. It's obviously five minutes a day writing down what you're grateful for, highlights of the day um, and things that you could work on or make better. Uh, it has helped me a lot too. I, I really, really see a difference in my day when I get up and the first thing I do is fill out my journal so if anyone wants those um, guidelines I would definitely take them Mm -hmm. because it's helped me a lot all right so we just want to chat through um, you know we've talked through like I guess our steps and tricks around that we use to help get through challenges but I think it's really important for us to also talk around like when to reach out for help I think a lot of people in this day and age especially knowing that 
we aren't the only ones who are going through these challenges um, and a lot of people you know I would I would probably be worried if you haven't faced a challenge in the last couple of years um, is going through something I think we fall into a place where we don't feel comfortable asking for help but asking for help is so important and speaking and having conversations with people just to get things off your chest is super super important so I know for fact like when I am struggling, the first person I will call is S because I know you're there to help me and, and you'll talk me through the challenges that I'm facing, whether they're big challenges or small challenges, you know. Um, it's so helpful just to have someone to lean on. So I know there are professionals and, you know, if you're in a place where you feel like you need to speak to a professional, do it, but also don't feel bad to lean on your friends at this time. It's really important to feel comfortable to be able to open up to people and feel vulnerable and tell people how you actually feel because it 100% will help you through those tough times. It, it can be quite hard to be vulnerable. Some people struggle based on probably family, what their family was like when they were growing up and potentially, you know, there's a bit of shame around it as well, which there shouldn't be. But I think, like you said, that's just starting to have those real conversations and just you know, feelings, you should accept the feelings that you're feeling and just be there with them. You know, it's not bad to be sad. It's not bad to be uh, anxious. You know, to be honest, I think probably most of the world has days where they're feeling anxious, especially at the moment with what we're going through. But I think holding things in and not speaking about it is where it's going to fester and then it will just continue to get worse. So opening up and being real and and telling the people that you love, you know, I'm the same. I call it straight away and my family as well. Uh, I think that just helps so much because, you know, quite a lot of the time other people will also have struggles like Lid said. And it's just so nice to have that relationship where you can, yeah, be open about how you're really feeling. And then if it is sort of really affecting your life, you should be reaching out for professional help. Like if you're feeling, you know, down a lot of the time or anxious a lot of the time, you don't want that. To continue life is short and we want to make the most of it so yeah reaching out for professional help if it's if it's getting you know affecting your life but then also having those close friends that you can always talk to is is really lucky and also family as well lean on those people when you need them yeah and I definitely find myself um in a place where I'm like don't feel sorry for yourself there's a lot worse going on in the world right now like you've just got an injury I don't know, I, I find myself trying to hold myself back from feeling sorry for myself. But I think it's important that we face our emotions and it's all relative, you know, so we need to understand like, yeah, it, it might be just an injury, but it is, you know, to me, a bit of a roadblock when I've been training so hard for it and it's okay to feel sad and it's okay to cry. It's okay to let the emotions out. Um, so that's definitely something I'm working on and trying to just like let the emotions go, but also at the end of it, realize that I am grateful for my life and what I do and the impact I can have on other people and that's what makes me happy so um, work through those emotions I think it's important to do so definitely and you like anyone if you are injured and you're sad it's you know we put a lot of effort into this stuff that we do with running and it is a huge part of our life it's not who we are but it is like something that we're passionate about so of course like if you get injured and you can't do what you love you love you should you should be sad and it's totally fine to be sad 
but then it's like how how you flip it and what you do when you're injured like you that's you saying you're already in the gym lifting you're doing cycling you know stuff that's still going to help your mental health because you're still moving and you're also like I guess keeping your body fit if you were to come back from the injury quicker or you were to heal faster you've still got you know you're still fit and you're not going to lose that fitness so it's kind of yeah you can be sad for a little bit and definitely like just fall into those emotions then you can feel sorry for yourself for sure but then yeah like how you get up on the other side and how hard you um work to come back is kind of like I think what makes the real difference and you're already doing everything right you know you're back in the gym you're training staying fit so you hopefully you can still get out there and run the marathon it may not be yeah like you say not the time or or at the pace or intensity you would have wanted but hopefully you can still do it still hope (laughs) and I think just going back to that communication piece and reaching out for help I find it really helpful to know who to reach out for help from at a particular time depending on the situation so if you're someone that you know you are a runner or an athlete and you've been training for events and you get injured it would be worth reaching out to someone who also is an athlete and training for events who knows what you're going through in terms of how hard you've worked so they can actually relate to you I think where I have I guess where it's really impacted me in the past is when I've reached out for help to people who don't quite understand the situation and they don't understand you know the emotions of what you may be feeling when you've trained for something and you're not going to be it doesn't go the way that you hoped that it was going to go um, and for people who, you know, for me, people who aren't athletes or have been through a training journey and work towards something for it not to happen, when they can't relate, it's it's a really hard conversation to have. So make sure when you are reaching out to people, although you should be able to reach out to anyone that loves you at different times, I think it's important on the, the topic of conversation and the challenge that you're going through, try to think through who would be best to talk to someone that can you can relate to because I think that's where you're going to get the most out of someone that's so true yeah definitely and you know me telling you you should be sad and because I I totally understand what being injured is like you know I wrote a list of all my injuries this year (laughs) and I've got about 10 of them they're not none of them were too serious which was really lucky but you know it is it's hard and I think yeah you're totally right there someone that can relate to what you're actually going through is definitely like the right angle to get the right support. All right, we're going to flip the script here and change things up and get excited for the race that is (laughs) happening next weekend, which is very, very exciting. So obviously the Nike Melbourne Marathon Festival is happening next weekend, the 11th and the 12th of December. So for anybody that has trained and has signed up for the race, uh, we are very pumped for you and we can't wait to see all the Femis out there running, whether you are in Femi kit or not, we're going to be out there supporting you, which is very, very cool. So obviously this close to the race, you know, even two, three weeks out from the race, depending on the distance you're doing, the taper is very important. No matter what distance you're doing, a taper is super, super important to make sure that you get to that start line feeling fresh, recovered and ready to go. So Yes, let's chat through tapers. I know as you're a more of a shorter distance runner, I wouldn't say short, but shorter than the mirror. You still go through a taper, right? Yeah, definitely. I think the more you race, the more you'll understand like what your body likes. So for me, 
I'm not a huge taperer, but I definitely do taper. So I still will do a, so just if you don't know what a taper is, it's like a wind down or like an easier week or easier two weeks probably for a marathon, isn't it? Uh, So that's basically there to freshen you up and I guess get your body um, a little bit more recovered so that you can go and race really hard because quite often, you know, you're in really heavy training and you, you are quite fatigued a lot of the time. And then that tape is meant to really freshen you up. So when you get to the start line, you feel a million dollars and you're ready to rumble. Uh, But yeah, for me, I do always taper. I always do like a very light session that's kind of similar to race pace, probably about four or five days out from the race. And then from there, it'll just be dropping in distance each day. So it might be a 45-minute run, 40-minute run, 30-minute run with strides, 30-minute run, and then a race. So it's definitely a reduction in kilometers in total over that week compared to the ones before. And yeah, I, I do taper, but I don't taper massively. Uh, I think for a marathon, it would be a lot different though, isn't it, Lids? Because you're in such high training and then you deload for like two weeks, is it? Yeah, the marathon and the half marathon, even the taper does start about two or three weeks out, depending on like, like what sort of athlete you are and how much experience you've have had with marathon training and racing. So um, for the marathon, it is about a three-week taper for me where I do start to reduce my Ks. So up until about three weeks out, I will be running quite heavy Ks. And then I try to reduce them by about 20 to 30K a week. This is, remember, for me and my training. Um, so everybody is different. But we just try to pull the training back by, I think it's about 20 percent per week um depending on yeah, how much you're currently running so though yeah the same reason we taper for the marathon is the same as what esther would do for those shorter distance races but it's all about like refreshing the legs letting the legs recover and focusing a lot more on that recovery phase versus the training up until especially two weeks out for those longer distance races you've done the work all of the training has been done and and the taper is all about just like getting the body prepared to race. So it it can be a tough time because you are pulling back the case. And if you're someone like me and Esther, just love running, it can be quite hard by reducing your load. But understanding the purpose of the taper is really, really important to make sure that you do it right. Yeah, I think if you if you can get the taper right, you've got a way better chance of running the race that you really want to run. Um, it's so important to make sure that you do taper and and not get to you know two or three weeks out and feel like you need to continue to get fitter and fitter and start cramming the training in because all that is going to do is make you feel more tired and more fatigued and you're going to get to race day feeling that in your legs and you won't be able to race the pace that you really want to so tapers are very important so in talking through the challenges of the taper mentally knowing you know a lot of us are addicted to running and we do like running more and more and there's definitely an idea more and more is better um which it is not (laughs) but especially in the taper how do you how do you deal with the mental struggles of like pulling back your training as you build into a race well for me to be honest I actually quite enjoy it uh so I do struggle a little bit with like I think looking at the end of the week and maybe I've done this case but I know how it makes me feel now so I am accepting of it and you know, it is actually quite nice sometimes to have an easier week, especially when you're, I guess you're putting your, your mental energy into preparing for the race. It's quite nice to not have to like match that with, you know, really intense physical energy uh, with your running itself. So I think for me, it's not actually that bad, but I know that some people do struggle with reducing the running. Uh, 
and then some people quite enjoy it because it's a little bit of a break leading into that race. But I know, Lids, you struggle a little bit more because eh? you you really love those. You love the Ks and you're, you're an animal and you can actually do it. Uh, how do you how do you deal with the mental struggle of tapering? Yeah, I do find the taper quite hard because I do just love running and I love going out in the mornings and running, you know, big Ks. So it, it, it is quite difficult for me to think that I can't do that in two or three weeks leading into a race. But it's really important for me to continue to remind myself the purpose of the taper and, and realizing the race is so soon and I want to run that race really well. So if I taper well, I've got a better chance to actually run the race well. So if I continue to remind myself of that purpose, it really helps for, for me mentally. I think also doing things like yoga, meditation, and filling that time where I usually would be running with something that's going to benefit me for the for race day can really help. So obviously yoga is great for our flexibility, but it's also so great for our mind. And as S mentioned, like there's um, that energy that it takes to get your mental state in the right place to race does take a lot out of you. So using that time and that energy to be able to focus on how your mind is and focus on the race and visualize the race and really work through um, how the race is going to roll out and being really positive about it can help a lot so it definitely helps to fill in the time when I'm not running but yeah the continual um, reminder that there the taper has a reason there is a reason we do that um, definitely helps me get through it but there's a lot of things in a taper that we shouldn't be doing as well. So we wanted to chat through just a couple of things that we would suggest maybe not to do, especially in the week leading into a race, which I'll go first. The first one would probably don't try anything new. Uh, I think because you're not running so much, a few people would maybe see that as an opportunity to try out new sports and new exercises. So when I say I do yoga and the taper, I do that because I do it through my training block as well. If you're someone that's never done yoga before, I probably wouldn't suggest starting doing yoga every single day leading into a race, um, you know, or taking up a new sport. Don't go and try football for the first time or um, <laughs> try cycling for the first time during the taper. Just really focus on the running and making sure everything you do and every decision you make in that week or two leading into the race is specifically around the running and making sure that you're going to feel really good when it gets to race day. Uh, what else do you suggest not to do in a taper? Yes. I think you kind of touched on it before and I've seen it before. You know, some people potentially may have put, got a little niggle in like say six weeks out from the race and their training was interrupted for two weeks or something and then they're like I need to catch up so they try to stuff all this training in close to the race and then they end up at the start line really fatigued so I think even if you've had a little injury even if you've you don't feel physically prepared there's no point in trying to stuff it in you're better off to just really focus on that taper and pull back so your body is fresh because you're going to be a lot better than if you go out and smash yourself in that week or the two weeks before trying to catch up what you missed. You know, unfortunately you may not be exactly where you wanted to be because of the injury or the niggle or something's come up in life that's pulled you back from your training. But, you know, quite often we surprise ourselves. Like I, I was injured for six weeks where I wasn't training very well with my ankle roll and then my ITB. And then I only trained for a little bit and I never ever thought that I would get that half marathon PB, but I did. So I think for me, I could have freaked out and tried to stuff a lot of training in before that, but I just stuck to the plan and, you know, it worked out well. So I think just making sure you don't try and catch up on anything missed or 
put your body back even further in, in the fatigue zone. So I think that would probably be my tip. And then your tip was perfect. Let's do not try anything new. Don't go to the gym and lift heavy because you feel like you haven't done enough strength work. You just end up more sore and it will not be good for the race. <laughs> I think the other one is around sleep. I think when we aren't, you know, training as hard or we don't have to get up at 6am tomorrow to do a hard session because the race is in another five days. Maybe people think that that's okay for them to stay up a little bit later and watch some more Netflix, but actually sleep is so, so important in the week leading up into a race. So we know the night before a race isn't so important. We know that there are a lot of nerves going on and that can really affect our sleep, especially if you're traveling and staying somewhere new the night before a race. That's okay, but that makes it even more important to make sure you get the right amount of sleep in the week or two weeks leading into the race. So early to bed, um, making sure you're still staying in your routine, try not to change your routine too much. If you are someone that's an early riser, continue to be that early riser, but just fill that time with other beneficial things that will help you get to that race feeling really good. So don't, you know, sacrifice your sleep because you feel like you're not training as hard, making sure you're getting enough sleep because that is one of the best things that can make us feel the best on race day. So sleep is key. The other one we want to chat around is nutrition. I think, again, as you start to pull your case back, people probably have this idea around that they don't need to be consuming so many calories or eating so much food because they're not training as hard. But that, again, is a, is a complete myth. And you need to make sure you're still keeping up your nutrition and still eating a lot of food and almost front-loading your nutrition and food intake to make sure that you get to that race day super energized and ready to race. So, don't try any new foods leading into the race, especially the day or two before the race. Make sure you stick to what you know and what your stomach, you know, your stomach can handle. Just don't try any foods that you've never really tried before because you don't know how your body is going to react to that. And you obviously don't want to be feeling sick or heavy or any different to what you normally would leading into the race. But making sure you're still getting plenty of calories leading into the race is super important. Try not to let it mentally affect you just because you might not be running or training as much as you normally would. Don't feel like you need to pull back your nutrition or your calories because of that. That's so true. Yeah, it can be hard because you feel like you're not training as much. Uh, to continue what you normally eat but Liz is so right you are stocking up basically because you're about to deplete your body completely so you really want to have you know good stores of glycogen in the muscles so I think we tell a lot of the Femi girls you know in the week leading into a marathon get focused on starchy carbohydrates as well as like protein um, but starchy carbohydrates like rice whole grain breads and pasta uh, potato, sweet potato, that sort of thing, really going to help uh, get your glycogen stores up nice and high for when you're about to go uh, start the race. But then a, a thing that I've noticed a lot with my racing as well is I load up the day before on electrolytes because sometimes I used to uh, really try to drink a lot of water and I'd probably over drink water and then you just pee so much and it's actually not good for you. So I think keeping your water consistent, but maybe having like a couple of glasses of electrolytes the day before can help you just make sure that you're sort of stocked up on hydration wise as well, alongside also all that energy that you've eaten. So but yeah, like Led said, do not be scared of food because you're not running as much. Eat the same amount, if not even a little bit more, especially the, the last two days leading into a half or a marathon. 
yeah, the electrolyte one is really important, especially here in Melbourne. It's it's heating up. I think we had a 35 degree day the other day. So making sure you're staying on top of your hydration is really important, especially the day before a race. I will be sipping on electrolyte for the day before the race as well. And I think even the morning of just to make sure you get to the start line feeling super hydrated and ready to run. And then the last one we want to chat around is like race day mental prep. And I obviously um, a lot of us get nervous and nerves are completely normal and completely fine and um, something that will come with signing up to a race. So we just want to chat through like how we deal with our nerves and um, how we mentally prepare for race day. Now, I find running on the track a lot more nerve wracking than running on the road. And I, I get so much anxiety about running on the track. I think the competitive environment feels a lot, um, a lot more. So how do you try and like beat those nerves when you're racing on the track or on the road, but particularly the track? I definitely agree there. You know, I think two podcasts ago, I told you how I would turn up to a track race and cry and not want to be there. So (laughs) totally relate there with the anxiety Mm -hmm. around uh, track running. I think, the reasons behind it is probably that it's smaller fields. It's kind of, you're more exposed and, you know, a road race is thousands of people. You're just one in a thousand or 10,000 or whatever it is, which is quite different. And I think it's kind of a fear of, I guess, yeah, being that exposed and that judgment on the track. And it's a lot of the races are extremely fast and they are sort of, you know, these girls that can run hectic times over over 1500 or 5k or whatever it might be so I think yeah it definitely comes with a little bit more anxiety so watch this space and we'll see how I go this season but my plan of attack is just what I've talked about recently keeping things light and fun you know I've talked about the fact we've got that 3k race next week and I've I've had moments where I was think about uh, how nervous I am and then I flip it at the moment I go nah I'm excited this is going to be so fun I'm going to give it everything see what happens and that's all good so I think just like practicing those thoughts and flipping those negative thoughts into something positive uh, is helping me to calm my nerves and trying to keep it you know it's fun I do all this training and I want to run as fast as I can for 3ks and I think that's exciting so just trying to flip the flip the narrative in my mind uh, but I'm really hoping that this season is different and I think it will be because I've been able to get a lot of my uh, racing uh, anxiety away so far through cross country and and through the other races I I think I was in a really good headspace so I'm going to keep that whole process going through this season and hopefully it works for me we'll see I'm excited to see you race (laughs) thanks (laughs) but yeah I think just keeping it light and fun you know that's why we do sport for fun yeah and the minute that you change it then it just becomes a a burden yeah that's so true we talked about this in our episode number eight speaking through expectation and pressure we talked a lot about um yeah the nervous energy especially leading into a race and lining up on a race start line and feeling like there's this expectation and pressure put on put on by ourselves but also put on by people around us but I think as S mentioned trying to flip that and be like yes I'm nervous but I'm going to use those nerves and flip it to excitement and just be grateful that I'm here and grateful that I can get out there and race and yeah I think that definitely helps me as well and I spoke a little bit about how I do try to take a moment or two where I could just take a couple of deep breaths and like try and calm those nerves a little bit just so when I when the gun goes off I don't go too fast I think it's really important to make sure you can contain that adrenaline and make sure that you don't yeah 
push the pace too quick too early especially in the marathon it's important to hold yourself back um, at least for the first half of the race uh, so I try to do that and just you know take some deep breaths before the gun goes off and center myself but I also find speaking to other people I think when you're lining up on a start line of a road race and there's like thousands of people around you and everyone's in the same boat we're all there we're all nervous but talking to people whether it's talking to them about the race or just talking to them about anything definitely allows me to calm myself down because I think you know it does I guess it disconnects you from the reality that you're about to race and it makes you just like like feel like we're just here and we're just people and we're we're you know what is about to roll out I'm not thinking about that right now I'm just here in the moment meeting new people and seeing smiling faces and yeah getting energy off them and also giving energy to them so I think that really helps me I'm I know at some start lines I try to chat to people and crack a few gags with people and some people love it and some people don't don't (laughs) (laughs) some people are like shut up I'm focusing (laughs) love it yeah no it's funny because everyone's so serious and so focused on the race and so I'm trying to like lighten the mood a little bit and just hopefully help people realize that we're all there to have fun uh, and let's just have a good time so I, I really enjoy that and I find that quite fun it doesn't work so well when you're lining up on the start line of a track race it's a bit more no. serious <laughs> no definitely not in the 800 you're not even beside anyone it's like a staggered no. start so <laughs> you'd be yelling at them but um yeah that's so true I think some people like to really focus and it works for them, but I think find what works for you. I, th- I think I'm quite similar to you, Lids. I like to chat. Um, it takes your mind off being just focused on the race so you have some other moments away from it. Uh, but I th- think also a couple more um, things that have really helped me is uh, being in a routine. So I think knowing what you're going to eat, having it all planned out, have your race outfit ready. So when you wake up in the morning or in the evening quite often for track races I'll still prepare it the day before because making a lot of decisions the day of a race is actually tight like it causes fatigue in your body because it's still your mind working so that can actually affect your physical body as well so I think preparing the day or the days leading into the race so you know you've got everything ready you've got your meal that you're having before the race ready you feel prepared so that when you wake up or when you get ready to go you know what the plan is and you've got it all sus so you're not stressed out I think that helps a lot because you're already nervous and you add stress and then a few decisions that you are making last minute and then you forget something you know that's just going to make it even more stressful so Mm. Do you know, um, apparently Steve Jobs, if you ever wondered why he wore the same pair of jeans and turtleneck every day was just so that he didn't have to make that extra decision every day because it takes too much energy to make decisions. (laughs) What? That's crazy. I did not know that far out. And then the last one, I think that really helps. And whether you do this, you know, the night before or the week before or a few weeks before can really help. It's all about visualization and trying to see yourself run that race and and almost sit there feeling the feelings that you want to feel when you are in that race. So, you know, even I'll, I will go through how it will feel when I get to that start line and I'll go through how it's going to feel when I get to 10 Ks. I almost visualize my visualize the course and where, how I'm going to feel at different parts of the course. I know when it's going to get tough. I know where the climbs are and how that is going to affect me mentally at the time when I'm already struggling and knowing I've got to climb a hill Um, I try to visualize that feeling and visualize it in a positive way where I see it as a challenge and the excitement of how I'm going to feel when I get to the top of that hill, knowing that it's all downhill to the finish line. And and then I visualize how it's going to feel crossing that finish line and how satisfying that's 
going to be. And so I think working through that process, you know, they say you have to see it to believe it. And if you can visualize it, it can definitely help you believe in yourself that you can do it. So for me, visualization has been really, really important in my confidence and my self-belief. So visualization is something that probably does take a bit of time and experience and, you know, trying out different methods of how you visualize is really helpful. But for me, just, yeah, being somewhere calm, peaceful, closing my eyes, even if it's just before I go to sleep at night, um, taking that time to just think through how I want that race to roll out and how I want it to feel. It's not just about seeing it in your mind. It's literally working through those feelings of how it's going to make you feel emotionally, mentally, physically, because that's when you truly do believe that you can do it if you can feel those feelings. So that is really, really helpful. I've only started it recently as well, and I think it does help. But it just kind of, I wanted to ask you a question about, do you ever visualize a race going badly? I wouldn't say I visualize a race going badly, but I've definitely had experiences where I couldn't visualize myself crossing finish lines. And it's those races where I haven't finished the race. So, you know, whether that's something spiritual, which I do believe it could be, but there was a time where I went to world championship cross country in Canada and, um, this was a long time ago now, I guess it shows that I was probably trying to practice visualization back then, uh, where I couldn't actually see myself finishing the race. And I ended up collapsing at halfway through the race and waking up in an ambulance. So whether that was my mind believing that I was, wasn't going to finish that race, or I kind of knew ahead of time, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I wouldn't say I visualize and I would hope nobody visualizes something going badly. Um, trying to be really optimistic can be super helpful but I definitely have had times where I couldn't visualize it and and then it doesn't end up happening for me so I guess that's the power of the mind and power of visualization so true I think I just asked that question because visualization is good and it helps and it's proven to help and I think it's good to also you know visualize days where you wouldn't actually feel that good but still finishing the race I think because you know, if you visualize all these things, which definitely would help you, there is certain aspects that potentially could, uh, you may not feel as good that day. And then you haven't actually been able to deal with that in your mind prior to it. Mm-hmm. So I think that helps as well with like dealing with stressful situations that you've, you've prepared for kind of any outcome. Although I don't say don't, don't visualize yourself not finishing the race. That's not good. But maybe that you don't feel as good as you would on another day, but you're still able to do the race well and finish. I think that's really mm. important too, because uh, that's how you train your mind to be able to deal with like stressful situations. Yeah, I guess it's visualizing working through challenges, which is a nice tie back to the start of the podcast. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for episode 10 of the Femipod. We are so grateful for every listener that tunes in. We will be back next week with an exciting interview. But for now, check us out on YouTube. We are dropping our Femi vlogs weekly with myself and our athlete, Pip Monty. In the meantime, stay tuned on Instagram at Femi.co and we will check to you all next week.